Hi, I'm Sam Chan, and you're listening to the Sam Chan Leadership Podcast. It's my desire to help others succeed. I'm here to help you and your organization grow, grow to the next level. Thank you for joining me on this leadership journey. Let's get started. I want you to imagine for a moment that uh, you are driving somewhere in the countryside somewhere. You see a white cow, a brown cow, a palomino cow, an off-white cow. You keep on driving, right? But if you looked and saw a purple cow, something like my tie, if you saw a purple cow, what are you going to do? You're going to do what? Stop. And then what are you going to do? Get your camera out. And then what are you going to do? You're going to tweet it, Instagram it, Facebook it, right? LinkedIn. I mean, and then and when you see somebody else, you're going to say to them, guess what? I saw a purple cow. Because a white cow, you keep on driving. A brown cow, you keep on driving. So why do you stop to see a purple cow? Because there's something, here's the word I want, if you're writing this down, you can, I'm already started teaching. If you are looking for a word, because that purple cow is remarkable. It is what? There's nothing remarkable about a white cow. There's nothing remarkable about a brown cow. But there's something remarkable about a purple cow. My question throughout my presentation tonight, in the next three hours or so, yes, I just want to see if you're listening. Just li- I understand that. Hey, listen, if you don't know, I got a time bomb clicking over here. I got 36 minutes and 34 seconds left, so I got work to do. My question for us throughout tonight will be, what is purple about Elevation Church? Now, I am in probably 200 churches a year. I see a lot of churches. Buildings don't make you purple. I've been in the most ornate buildings that will seat thousands of people uh, with three balconies and multi-screens and uh, some churches I go to have uh, elevators inside there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when, you get, when I get up there, this, this is not there, but when I stand up there, the thing just rises like that. Uh, I have been in churches where the entire orchestra, after it's done, there, someone pushes a button somewhere and everything goes down. You don't see it anymore. Uh, I have been in churches where they can park Thousands of cars. Uh, I go to churches where they've got a 500 voice choir. Everybody in a robe. I've seen it all. My father was a Pentecostal pastor in India. So I was born in church. This October I will turn 63. So I've been in church all my life. What makes a church purple is what I want to talk about tonight. And we will call it leadership excellence. So this morning, uh, I started putting down some fresh thoughts. I had brought some typed up notes, but uh, this is the best I can do. Here are my PowerPoints right here. (laughs) 
This is my iPad. <laughs> yeah, I can do things with this iPad that you can do with yours. The first thing I want to say to you is there's a difference between excellence and perfection. There's a big difference between excellence and perfection. Let me give you my definition of both of them. Excellence is doing the very best you can. The very best you can. And it focuses, it focuses on the excitement that it creates that comes with excellence. But perfection is not about excitement. Perfection is about fear. Perfection asks the question, what could go wrong? So if you're looking for perfection, what that will do is put fear in people's hearts. If you're looking for excellence, it will put excitement in people's hearts. Because perfection is, oh, everything, oh, if they see it this way, they're going to get angry with me. Oh, somebody's going to yell at me. Somebody's going to fight. So if you are worried about what could happen, then you're not doing it with an exceptional heart. You're doing it based out of what? Fear. So there's a big difference between somebody who is driving after perfection and somebody who is trying to have excellence. Excellence is, I'm going to do my very level best. It may not be exactly like you want it, but I'll have an open spirit. If you bring correction to me, I will take that correction and I'll make the adjustment that needs to be made. But perfection says, oh boy. Something can go wrong. Because when you have a fearful culture, in my book on, uh, on cracking a church's culture code, the pastor says that he has read, uh, there's a whole section on fear. Because when people are fearful, there is no innovation. There is no creativity. Nobody offers you the best of their thinking. They're always worried about what could go wrong. In a fearful culture, if you're in a meeting, people start off by saying, now this might be dumb and stupid, but. Because that's a fearful culture. A fearful culture will take away from your excellence. Because in a fearful culture, you cannot have excellence. You will get perfectionism, but you will not get excellence. So what's purple about you? So when I go to a restaurant, uh, let, me, let me ask another question. Can you measure, when you walk into a place, no, let me ask another way. When you walk into a place, can you tell if it has excellence or not? Of course you can. Uh, I walked into this place and I could see excellence. You know why I can see excellence? Because there are no wires stringing everywhere. Does not look like a snake spit. Are you following me? Uh, when we drove up here, we were greeted with excellence. So when you go to a restaurant to eat, how do you know it is it's got an excellence about it? How do you know that? All the way from when you are greeted, is that correct? To how you are seated, correct? to uh, what all is on the table, the attitude of the server. How many of you know that you can have a great meal, but if the attitude of the server is bad, 
what happens with that meal? Even though you went there to eat, you didn't go there for the attitude. You did not go to say, oh, I hope I get a great server. You went there to what? To eat the food. But that food will get affected by the server. So you can tell the excellence of a restaurant. How about if you go into an office? How many of you love going to government offices? At least one person, some of you work there. <laughs> or does anyone ever, is work at government office go together? <laughs> it might be an oxymoron, huh? Work in a... You have a job in a government office, but you don't work in a government office. Because you'll get paid regardless if you do it or not do it. If it's your business, <laughs> yeah, that's the difference between an owner and a renter. So you go into an office, as soon as you walk in, can you tell if it's excellent? Uh, let me ask a church, a church question. When you walk into a church, how many of you have been to other churches? Can I just see your hands? It's all right to raise your hands. All of us were at some other church. <laughs> Except unless you got saved here for the first time and never been to church in your life before. For, okay, how many of you for whom this is the first church you've ever been to in your life? All right, so all have been to us other churches. Can you, when you walk into a church, can you tell if it is excellence? Okay. Talk back to me. Talk back to me. Somebody just raise your hand and tell me what makes a church excellent. On this side. Okay, nobody on this side. I don't have time to waste. So, so, yeah. Somebody on this side. All right, nobody here. Good, good, good. Somebody on that far side. Yes, ma'am. Exactly. That's not a trick question. Can I talk to you all? Don't try to be perfect. Thank you, ma'am. So how are you greeted by the, by the ushers? You know when most churches I go to, you know what the ushers and greeters are doing? Greeting each other. So you can tell if some place is excellent. However, nobody ever taught us. We've never had a course. Nobody in this room has ever had a course on a checklist in which you can tick, 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 tick what makes something excellent. But you know it is excellent. Uh, I've been married to my wife Brenda for 38 years. Uh, 36 years, sorry. That's my faith. 36 years. <laughs> I just prophesied in a, in a good way, in a good way. I could have said 34. That would have been very bad. Uh, I have two, two uh, children. They are... Uh, both of them are daughters, and I've got two grandchildren. They're daughters. They're that girls. So, you know, my life is surrounded by all these women. So I know all about shopping. I know all about shopping and shoes. There cannot be enough shoes. I don't know. All of them are black, but they're shoes. There's a whole suitcase when we travel. Just for what? What's with that? Help me understand that. When I get to heaven, that's my first question. Jesus... What's this with women and shoes? 
So I go with my wife shopping. And as soon as we enter a store, there may be a clerk or a someone who's serving there. And they ask us, can I help you find something? And our answer is always the same, which is, I'm just looking. Because you may not know what you're looking for, but when you see it, it jumps off the rack and says, take me home, take me home, take me home, take me home, take me home. And then you go into the dressing room and you try it on and... And then my wife comes out, asks me a trick question, trick question. Trick question. Does this make me look fat? Now what am I supposed to say? When I said to her, no, she said, you're just saying that. I'm never going to say yes. How many of you know some restaurants that used to be excellent? Used to be. Why does that happen? Two things. One is people's tastes change. And number two is the industry standards change. Now, I've told you I've been in church all my life. How many of you know that churches have not always been air conditioned? Can I see your hands? How many of you remember those three, four hour services with no air conditioning? And we're all sitting them like this. We're hoping that he would stop. But he keeps going. Because he preaches a sermon. Then in conclusion, he re-preaches that sermon. And then he says it again. The Holy Spirit left before he stopped. Holy Spirit said, I keep on saying it. Yeah, I've heard it before. I've heard it before. I've heard it before. <laughs> and that's happened to me when I've been preaching. He walks out on me saying, take care of it. You're doing fine. So we used to go to church. That's how I was raised. Long, so my dad preached for two hours. Easy. I mean, we cover from Genesis to Revelation. And even the books that were not in the Bible. No air conditioning. Now, I'm from India. So, in the summertime, it can get 110, 112, 113 Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is in Celsius. It is hot. It is like you're not in hell, but you can feel it. <laughs> but that's what we did. Huh. Try doing a four-hour service now. With no air conditioning. How many of you are going to be honest with me? If I ask you an honest question, just give me an honest answer. No need in missing heaven over this question. It's really not worth it, but I want to know. How many of you would come to this church Sunday after Sunday for four-hour services with no air conditioning? I want to see your hands. At least you got honest people in this church. Did I see a hand over here? No, you're just scratching your head. All right, Yeah. <laughs> Because industry, church is an industry. Industry standards have changed. Uh, you got padded chairs. We never, we didn't grow up on padded chairs. We used to sit on a bench with no back. And you can move around only this much. And your bottom goes to sleep. You sit on your left cheek and your right cheek. And run out of cheeks. 
and then because you are all numb everywhere you stand up and oh thank you jesus thank you oh thank you jesus hey thank you jesus industry standards have changed sound systems have changed i mean there's a clock over here if this clock was here just a few years ago they would have said you can't quench the spirit well that clock will quench it in 31 minutes and 2 seconds it's like listen you got 40 minutes let the lord use you in 40 minutes so excellence is a shifting target you cannot rest on your laurels and say hey we are excellent no the question you're only as good as today i tell pastors all the time you're only as good as last sunday not even the sunday before because it's a moving target let me tell you a couple of the things about that It is harder to maintain excellence than to create excellence. Mhm. The maintenance plan is so much work. Have you Okay, don't raise your hands on this one because then people start guessing what she's talking about kind of thing. Have you ever been to a church that one time was excellent, nice, clean, crisp, good carpet, good floor, good everything. But then you go back in a few months and it is not as excellent. there are cracks in the wall cracks in the floor you have to jiggle the toilet a certain way for it to flush have you ever been to those jesus toilets <laughs> by faith you have to just stand just right and move it around before it flushes you see things that used to be nice and clean and now it looks like somebody is not taking care of it so it's easier to create excellence but it's harder to maintain excellence let me give you one more thing about that what you say about your church doesn't matter only what they say about your church what matters if i'm a restaurant manager and i say we have the best restaurant i'm the owner of the restaurant and i say we have the best restaurant that doesn't matter Somebody tell me what what really matters what the customer says So if I could use corporate language just for a moment and consider all of us not members but what customers what people say about us when they drive on to our facility what people say about us when they go to our restroom the the the, the texture of the toilet paper I'm just trying to keep it real here. Do you have sandpaper? Do you bring your own tissue? I'm just saying to you that what you say okay, you I I I see churches on the marquee. Friendly church. And you go over there and nobody talks to you. I don't care what you say about yourself. What you say about yourself does not matter. It's always about what other people say about you. So we can become 
keepers of the flock, we can have our own holy huddles. We can tell each other how good we are doing. But your conversations among yourself is not what determines excellence. Excellence is in the eyes of the new person who comes in. How many of you, how many of you can remember? Okay, let me back up a question. How many of you have a job? Can I see your hands? Job. You have a job. J-O-B. Not that you work, but you have a job. Question number two. How many of you remember your first week on your job? Your, your new job. Uh, yeah. First week on the job. You remember that? How many of you remember the first week on your job you said, why do they do it this way? Why don't they do it this way? What's wrong with her? There's an easier way to do this. How many of you remember that? That's what I'm saying. So how do you get to see your church through fresh eyes? What is the system of collecting information? How do you get feedback? And more importantly, how do you not get defensive about what a customer is saying? But say, I'll receive that, I'll check into that, and I'll get back with you about that. Because it's all about customer service. Leadership excellence is about what's purple about you. So excellence, here, if you want to write this down, let me give you the sentence, then I'll unpack it for you. Excellence is not just about the product, it is more about the process. Excellent, excellence is not just about the product, which is the what, if you want to write down the word what, W-H-A-T. Excellence is not just about the product, which is the what, it is more about the process, which is how. When you travel, when you travel, it's never about the plane. I fly a lot. Last year, last year I was on 267 flights. So that's my life. It's never about the plane. It is the ease of travel. It's not the what, it is the how. It's the process. It's how easily can you get your tickets. How easily can you check your bags? If your baggage makes it with you. How many of you had the experience that didn't make it with you? Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, not about, it's not about your website, for example. Uh, businesses have websites. Churches have websites. The question is how easy is a website? Have you ever gone to a website just to buy something and you can't? I mean, you have to go through 15 clicks to spend your money on their product. Now, the two-click rule applies. Two clicks. Because we have found out scientifically that if it is beyond two clicks, they're not going to buy. <laughs> because we want everything when? Yesterday or now? Even when we pray, we've <laughs> we got to do it when? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Come on, God. Come on, come on, come on, come I know you're eternal, but I don't have eternity. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hurry, 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 hurry. What's wrong with you? Come on. 
The same thing with church. It is not just how you do church, it is how you receive the people who come to your church. So here's the thing that you need to know about excellence. Excellence is never a thing, it is an experience. Excellence is never a product, it is an experience.